Hello and welcome to the Yellow Soul Podcast. I'm your host, Juliette Marhofer Duggar, and I am joined today by a very special guest, a client who's become a sweet friend, Don Yingle Barton. Don, welcome to Yellow Soul. Thank you so much. I'm so happy yeah. to be here with you. I'm so glad you're here too. Thank you so much. It's an honor to have you. And just to give you a little backstory, Don and I met at a beach retreat. It was over a year ago, right, Don? Yes, yeah. actually, it was a year in October. That's right. Yeah, it's been over a year. And it was not too long after that that you had sent me a message on Facebook Messenger and reached out. You were at a juncture in your life. You had some decisions to make and we're going to talk about a lot today. Your story is phenomenal and the strides that you have made in your journey in the process of really digging into your soul and the desire to become whole in your life. You've just kept saying yes. And it has been an honor to have a front row seat. Just to, to watch it all unfold has really been miraculous through your, your work professionally and personally with your, your marriage and your home life with your children. It's been remarkable to watch your resilience uh, over the course of this last year and a half or almost a year and a half, I guess. So share with us that beginning point for you where you reached out. I'm going to share a little something with you that I don't think I've shared before about that retreat. I was, it was a beautiful retreat and it was wonderful. And I just remember going into it with this real desire to just have a pivotal life change. I was ready. I needed something. And, and when you came in, when, when you were introduced and you first came in to speak to us, my first impression of you was what, what could she possibly have to tell me <laughs> about what I can do with my life? I just, you know, you, you just seemed so young and, and beautiful and vibrant. And I was like, oh gosh, but let me tell you this, the moment that you started sharing and telling your story um, and sharing with us the things that you had walked through, um, the struggles that you had experienced emotionally um, and with anxiety and things like that. Literally every word that came out of your mouth was like you were telling my story. Wow. Um, and so that just hit me to the heart. And in that moment, I was like, oh my gosh, there is so much <laughs> that she has to share with me um, because she's walked through what I'm walking through right now. Um, and so that changed everything for me and that it turned out to be just the most phenomenal um, launching point really for me um, into some of the deepest work I've ever done in my own life and healing. Wow. Yeah. Dawn, I didn't know that. That's amazing. <laughs> I know. I know. And then fast forward, I'm like, oh my gosh, who would have ever thought that I had that little slight, you know, moment of judgment um, in the beginning. Um, but God was so beautiful and and, and kept my heart open. And, and obviously that, that retreat turned out to be just a life-changing experience for me. So to kind of, you know, big picture of what I was walking through. So I've struggled with anxiety 
for a number of years. You know, it had it, it would go away for a few years and and everything would be fine. In 2020, obviously, it was a very difficult year. Um, and I had just gone through a season also with my son, sort of walking him through some suicidal and, and depression issues. Um, and so that was very intense. And then right after that, then COVID and, and all of the chaos that happened. And so I found myself and then also in the middle of that, um, realized that I was in a relationship with, you know, someone who struggled with alcoholism. And so there were a lot of challenges around that things that were bringing up past abusive experiences that I had had with prior relationships. Um, it was just sort of bringing all of that back to the surface. Um, and then in the middle of all of that, you know, dealing with that was not really truly understanding my own relationship with God. I mean, I had a relationship with God, a very powerful and strong one, but I didn't, I struggled with really believing that I was loved and understanding the love of God. I knew he was faithful. He's been so faithful to me and, and I can't deny that. And so my faith in him was very strong, but I didn't have the sense of being secure in, in my walk with him. And that was due to the way that I was raised as a child um, and, and the view of God and the lack of relationship with my own father. So lots of struggles going on. And, in, and so because of that, I began to have these very physical um, anxiety experiences that would send me to the hospital. Like I felt like my mind was right and, and I had everything under control, but my body was literally shutting down. Mm -hmm. And, um, and so I was very desperate. I was in a very desperate place. Um, I had gone to the hospital numerous times, you know, with, with all kinds of symptoms. I literally felt like I was on my, you know, I was holding on to my last thread. Yeah. Um, and so in the middle of that, you know, I said, okay, I'm going to do whatever it takes because I'm not one to give up. Right. I'm, I, if I'm going to die or if I'm going to lose this fight, I have to know that I have done everything I can possibly do. Yeah. Um, and I believe in God's purpose in my life. And so I know in, at the end of the day, his purpose for me is not for me to experience that, but but to live a life that's full and free. And, and I want that. So I called you, <laughs> I think I, I texted you or something. And I was like, I, I need help. I need help mm -hmm. and whatever it takes, I'm willing to do it. Um, because I, I want to break free and I want to heal and I want to be whole and I want to be able to live. Yeah. And, um, and that's where our journey started. That's right. Yeah. Thank you for sharing that. I do remember receiving your, your message and my heart just broke wide open. I, I did remember your face from the retreat and I remembered making, it was, you know, in that environment, it can be difficult to hold long conversations, but I do remember, you know, having that touch point with you when, when I was there at that, at that particular retreat and the cry of your heart and your desperation, what I saw, there was this thread running through. And it was, she, she's will, she really is willing to do whatever it takes. Like I could, I could see that. I always say in my own life that I feel like when I reach that place, it's like as, as much as I'm aching, I also know that that's, I feel like that's when I connect with God the greatest. And 
on the other side of that, he receives the glory for it because my desperation, the cry of my heart reminds me how, how much I am in desperate need of our savior, Jesus Christ. And then apart from him, what is life? When I was reading your message, I could remember, you know, feeling the, feeling the pain that you were in and, and beginning to immediately pray for you, that peace would flood your soul and your mind and that your, your mind and body would, would begin to connect. Yes. And I I tend to be an all or nothing kind of person. And so um, when I do choose to do something, it's like, I'm going all the way. I'm going to do everything I possibly can. And I throw myself into it fully. Um, And I did that. I did that with the coaching because I was like, you know, it was just a, like, this is all I've got. I'm going to pray for the best. It, it truly from day one, I started feeling a shift. Um, Mm -hmm. Just Having, you know, having a place to really process um, things that God was speaking to my heart, because he's always speaking things to our hearts, you know, um, and to get some guidance and direction, clarity. And the one thing that you did so beautifully and you and in your book, I mean, and that book was a lifeline to me during this process. Um was share, you had such a beautiful, intimate relationship with Jesus, knowing what you were going through, seeing how your faith just never wavered and your trust in him. And, and it was so beautiful, so beautiful. Um, and I clung to that for myself because I was like, he loves you like that too, (laughs) you know? Um, and so it was the process of really coming into my relationship with him in a much deeper way um, to where I truly could allow him to love me like that. That was a beautiful thing for me. Um, because that's healing. Love is healing, right? Yes. Love, love conquers a multitude of sins. And when dealing with your past trauma and your past mistakes and, and your life, um, as it was, you need a lot of love. And that was something that I had not experienced really in my life at all. And so I didn't know how to receive love, but um, just reading your, your words that you spoke, you know, in your journal writings to to him, it just brought that love into reality for me. And it was like, God is no respecter of persons. He loves you, me as much as he loves you. And that was a beautiful revelation and something that I was able to actually not just know in my mind, because it's one thing to know things in our mind. We, we know a lot of things. We know all the right things, right? Um, but to make that transition from your head to your heart, mm-hmm. um, is, is that's where the life-changing um, stuff happens, you know? Yeah. Yes. That's so good, Dawn. And the, the space in between, you know, and the tension that we live in as it's, as a trickling in from the head to the heart and it's a process and then it takes time. And, you know, that's where that, that space of grace comes for us in our life, for us to never forget that it truly is grace upon grace. Thank you for sharing that because the, the journal entries, you know, I went back and forth on which ones to share. And I had so many, (laughs) I had so many. And so my editor and I had to work through those and I kind of, you know, kicked and screamed a little bit because I was like, I want more in there. 
but <laughs> it was, it was just enough. I felt so peaceful about the ones that were selected. And as I prayed over those, I really, I really selected the ones that you said it. And it is for me, the, the whole purpose of those entries when I knew, when I knew God was asking me to, to put that out there to the world, my vulnerability in my journal entries, because those are completely unedited. Those are untouched. When you read those entries, those are my actual entries in my personal journals. And Mm -hmm. I have many, but when God asked me to do that, he showed me, I need women to know, I need human beings to know the love that's possible. Yeah. Because we all, we all have those cries of our heart. I mean, and that's what really what those were, where those were the cries of your heart to, you know, to your loving father. And we all, all women have those cries. Mm -hmm. We don't necessarily know how to put them into the beautiful words that you use, but we can all relate to that. And to say, yes, okay. I've, I've felt that way too. I've been there too. And to glean off of that, because there's healing on the other side of that pain. Yes. Yes, that's right. Absolutely. And that is what is is so fascinating about the process of journaling is that when you're putting your pain to paper, as I say, and you're inking it out, there is this cathartic healing process that happens because you are literally beginning to rewrite your story. And you are saying, this will be the new narrative. It was one way before, right? That's your watershed moment. Every time we choose, every time we choose to pray, every time we choose to rest, every time we choose to be in motion, every time we choose to fast, spend time, just being intentional. Those are, those are watershed moments for us. It's defining, it shifts prayer changes everything, being in the presence of God, being in his scriptures, those aspects of our life, spirit, soul, and body, it changes everything. It it empowers us to create and cultivate a different culture, a different environment in our soul, you know, a Mm -hmm. soul that we don't want to escape from, to know that we are, we are home, you know, that we don't feel like a fish out of water and that we're not uncomfortable in our own skin per se. Mm-hmm. If we can really touch on a little bit more, because anxiety, the fear that surrounds that and what we feel, the ramifications of everything that transpires when we spiral, would you talk about a little bit more, if we can say your level of anxiety to really help our listeners to, to know the severity of of what you you mentioned your hospital visits and, and can you go into that just a little bit more? Because I really truly feel your story again, is just a story of resilience. And I want others to know you, you were rock bottom. Yeah. And, you know, anxiety is a big hot topic right now. You know, it's um, a lot of people experience it. I think more people are experiencing Um, symptoms of anxiety now than ever. Um, And so there's a whole spectrum, you know, a little bit of worry or, you know, just feeling anxiousness and and things like that. And I don't try to downplay that at all. Everyone's experience is their experience. Um, But for me, um, what made it 
extremely difficult was, you know, my faith in God was so strong. My, I trusted him all through 2020, you know, uh, we were, you know, jobless and, and everyone just kind of didn't know what was going to happen next, but God was so faithful and, and, you know, I was trusting him to be our provider and to, you know, to, to lead us on the path that he had for us. And so in my mind, um, I felt like everything was fine. I was good. You know, yes, everything's stressful, but I'm perfectly capable of handling it. Um, what happened for me was very physical. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I would just be having a normal, you know, just kind of going about my normal day. Um, and suddenly I would feel like I couldn't breathe and my heart would just start pounding. I mean, racing like 156, 165 beats a minute. And it wouldn't, it, I couldn't get it to calm down. I would get this ice cold feeling on the roof of my mouth. My chest would start hurting. My left arm would start hurting, pain radiating. Um, my face would go numb, you know, sometimes. Um, and so then of course you're having these very physical symptoms and you weren't sitting there worrying about anything. You were just doing the dishes or going on with your daily life. And suddenly you're having these physical symptoms. And so I'm not, I'm not young. (laughs) I'm not old, but I'm not young. And I've known, you know, when you've known people your age who have had heart attacks and, you know, medical episodes like that, of course, there's a a fear um, that comes up and then you're like, what is happening to me? Well, that just makes it worse because Mm -hmm. then you're like, you know, I don't know what's happening to me. Um, And so I would pass out. I would begin to vomit. Um, Like there, it was, it was really, really bad. And so many times this would happen. It got to where it was happening before I went to bed just about every night. Or if I would wake up in the morning, as soon as, as soon as I became conscious, I would feel an electrical shock just run through my body. And it was like, like every nerve in my body was firing at one time. And then of course the heart would start racing because symptoms cause symptoms. Right. Um, and so we would call, you know, call the ambulance. Um, they would come, my heart would be all over the place. My blood pressure would be high. They would give me, you know, nitrous or, or nitro pills and, uh, put me in the ambulance and take me to the hospital. And then of course I would get to the hospital. They would run all the tests and they would tell me everything looks wonderful. You, there is literally, I've never seen blood work as pristine as yours that happened. That would, that was just happening over and over. Um, I wasn't working at the time. And my husband was when, you know, during the worst of this, I would go to meet him for lunch and just trying to get out of the neighborhood you know, suddenly I would start having these symptoms and I would have to turn around and go home. Mm. Um, And so I began to see a doctor, a a psychiatrist for this. And he said, I think you're, you're experiencing moderate agoraphobia um, where you can't leave the house. And when you try to leave the house, like your, your body, you know, you just, you just freak out. Um, And that was a, that was a, turning point for me. When, when he told me that I, in my spirit was like, no, no, Mm -hmm. I am not sick. (laughs) I am not gonna, I'm not gonna live like this. I'm just not. Um, and it was after that, after the doctor told me that he thought I had agoraphobia, I called you or I texted you. And I was like, I I have, like, I have to, I have to fix this because 
I'm not meant to live like this. Mm-hmm. My, my family is not meant, you know, to have to go through this. My children, you know, there were nights when my husband was at work and, and my son had to be the one to call the ambulance because, you know, this was happening late at night. And to see your children have to go through that, that was very difficult for me as a mother to know that they were suffering and seeing their mother suffer. Um, and so there was, it, it had to change. It had to change. But I realized in the middle of all of that, the things that he was trying to work out in me, um, the things that had to be healed and the things, fear, my sense of control. I, I'm a control freak. And so I like to control things. And when you feel like you're not in control, it, it doesn't look pretty. And so what I had to learn was, I'm not in control and that's okay. You know, I, I don't know what's going to happen to my children. I don't know what's going to happen to me. And that was a big thing for me at the time was because it was very physical. I thought, well, if I have a heart attack and die, what's going to happen to my children? Mm. Um, And that was a big thing that I had to sort of go through with God and, and listen to him, tell my heart, they're not your children. If something happens to you, you have to trust that I've got them, that I'll take care of them. And so stop worrying, you know, because only he knows our days, our days are numbered and only he knows what that is. We can't control that. Um, And so if it's our time, it's our time. And so releasing that, releasing that and, and allowing whatever is to be really brought a whole sense of peace. Yeah. So powerful, Dawn. You know, this defining moment that you are sharing, it truly did shift the trajectory of your existence. And it's you you said, I'm going to draw my sword. And I'm so grateful that and honored that God selected me as the person to step into this part of your story. I'm just so grateful when that day became so dark for you you reached out. And I just want to pause here for a moment and encourage our listener that we don't know what you're walking through. We don't know how dark your day is, how dark your night is, but we want you to know that you are loved, seen, heard, and known that there's a God who loves you and there's people who need you. You are needed. No one else is you. And we want to encourage your heart to reach out make that call. Know that you are not alone. Dawn, I want to circle back because you shared that about your children. What's so significant as you're sharing all of all of these pieces is that there's many layers. You know, there's there's so many layers of our life and the the complexity of the human existence and our soul and the chaos. You know, all of this chaos that that is happening. And you and I began to unpack the subconscious. We began to unpack those, all of those memories, all of the trauma hanging out in the rafters of your soul. And I can remember when you shared with me that diagnosis from the doctor. In one of the conversations following that, I remember you saying to me, Juliet, I I think I may be suffering from PTSD from events in my life. 
and, and childhood and things that I've gone through. And it was really, it was really incredible to, to hear you continue to make your own discoveries as you were walking through your story and rewriting your story mm-hmm. and reclaiming your ground and your territory. And you were able to see where those breaches existed in your story, you know, mm-hmm. where the enemy of your soul was continuing to, to trespass. And I can, I can recall in those, in those early stages of our conversation. And I, and I've seen this over the 20 years of, of being blessed to, to life coach so many, when we begin to introduce breaking agreements and releasing and boundaries and the list goes on, but, but breaking those agreements was significant and is significant because you're able to identify where you've come from, who you are today. You know, at the beginning of my book, I say that trauma shapes us. It's, Mm -hmm our choice if it defines us. And that's Mm -hmm. our power play, right? That's our power play over fear. That's our power play over, over the narrative that we've lived to say, God says he makes all things new. There is a future waiting for us to step into, right? Because tomorrow's in the future. Mm -hmm. So today there's no, there's no time like the present, but as we, as we take a day at a time and a step at a time, in your story, as you were rewriting, I just want to say again, for the record, you showed up. I don't know that there was maybe if you were not feeling well, but I don't know that you ever missed a coaching session. I don't know that you ever, maybe there was one that you rescheduled. (laughs) If my memory serves me correctly, you, you showed up, you would do the work week in and week out. I remember when we connected, I was like, I, you know, I share this at my retreats too, but you already knew she's about to ask me to pick up my, my spiritual shovel again and, and start digging. But you were, you were willing to go into those very dark, hard, painful places in your story so that you could retrieve, Mm -hmm. they could be redeemed. Absolutely. It wasn't, and you know what, Juliet, it wasn't really a matter of, well, do I want to show up and do this? It was necessary. I did not have a choice. It was my life. And then, you know, beyond just it being an act of desperation, um, I know that God has the purpose for me. And the only way to fulfill that purpose is to walk through and be willing to do the hard things to unpack and to heal. And so, and that's what, that's the journey that we're all on because we're all coming from a place of experiences that have shaped us and that have made us believe certain things about ourselves. Yes. Um, And so the only way to change that is to dig and to dig and to dig and to get to the root of what made me believe that about myself. What made me believe that about my life? Um, And to get to that, and then, like you said, rewrite it, identify the lie that, that basically was, was written into your brain and into your heart, because that's what it is. It's lies that we believe. Um, And we aren't aware of that. It, It happens so young and it happens, you know, so deeply and so subconsciously that most people can't just sit here and go, oh, well, I act this way or I feel this way about myself because, you know, I'm believing a lie. You have to dig for that. 
And you have to identify that. And so I didn't really have a choice but to go through that process because my goal is wholeness. Like you said, there are layers upon layers upon layers. And what I have discovered through this process is the process never ends. I always thought, well, I'm going to do all this work and I'm going to, I'm going to get there. I'm just going to yeah. get there yeah. <laughs> wherever they right. are. That's where I want to be. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, yeah. But there is no there, there is no there because we will continue to go through this process, you know, one step at a time until we go to heaven and we meet Jesus. And so I'm okay with that. I'm okay with that because I know that going through this process you are becoming a warrior. And that was one thing that was like a theme for me throughout this journey. Um, Just a revelation that I had about warriors, you know, warriors do not become warriors sitting on a beach somewhere, sipping a pina colada. Warriors become warriors in battle. And Mm -hmm. so you have to show up to the battle in ever in order to ever become a warrior. And so that's what I realized in the middle of all of this was you're in training, you're in training, you are literally on the battlefield right now. And this is where you're becoming a warrior that gave me a lot of encouragement because it was like, I I understood why I was going through that process. I understood that fear was going to run, was going to continue to run my life um, if I didn't battle it. I I was in the fight and I was not going to give up the fight until I won. I had the promises of the word on my side because God tells us that, that the battle is already won. He already tells us that we are more than conquerors um, when we're in Christ Jesus. And so I knew the long-term, I knew the the battle was won, but I still had to fight the battle in order Mm -hmm. to get to that victory, you know? Yeah. Yeah. You know, if someone were to say, what's, you know, where, what's the magic showing up, the magic is showing up. The magic is, is saying, yes, you know, the magic is being willing to do the work and the secret sauce is the scriptures, you know, because God says that that's what, that's what stands. It's, he tells us that when we renew our minds, that our lives are transformed, that that trans, that transformation happens through the renewal of our minds. And when we commit to that, and when we keep showing up, when we don't want to, when we don't feel like it, when it's not convenient, that's when we, we find out that Jesus Christ of Nazareth is the only one who has the staying power. He's not going anywhere. And he Mm -hmm. loves us. His love is relentless. His love is extravagant. His love pursues us until the day is long. To know that we have that perfect love that annihilates fear, the perfect love of Jesus Christ commands fear to vacate the premises of our lives. And I love what you said about love earlier because faith, hope, and love, right? It's the greatest. It's the greatest and most powerful is is love. You're right. Love conquers all and it, and it covers us. It's interesting because when we think about the scripture that tells us we can be rooted and grounded in love, that tells us that our root system that we have is unhealthy. And so mm-hmm. I watched you uproot and allow God to continue to, 
to take you through removal after removal of these these arrow tips that had been left behind and many of them buried so deep so much spiritual scar tissue wrapped around those that it was difficult but as you as you stayed the path and you committed yourself to the process those hands of god the only ones qualified to retrieve them you just said however long and whatever it takes i watched you commit to that and go through the process and i love what you said you talking about us arriving and there's so much freedom in that there's so much rest and peace that comes knowing that he is with us for the rest of our lives mm-hmm. the rest of the rest of our race that we're running because paul said he's confident that what he started he god will finish until the day of jesus christ that's right. Knowing that you and I are always in process, right? And that we can hold on to hope. We can hold on to that and know that he who promised is faithful. You know, he's faithful to see us through. But it's so important to know that it requires us to show up. We choose, we have to reach for that, right? We have to reach for that. And week after week, you you have continued to reach for that until- That's right. You had to establish new habits in your life that produce these, these beautiful rhythms. The word, I guess, that I want to say, and this probably was what kept me going is um, perseverance. Mm. And so, of course, there were days when I just wanted to crawl in bed and let everything go. Um, But at the end of the day, I had to continue to show up. Um, because I knew for one, I knew this was a season. I knew God wasn't going to leave me here forever. Um, and so we have a life to maintain so that we have something to come out to. Right. Um, so I kept showing up. I just kept showing up to work, um, and, and, and walking with God. And it was a beautiful, it was a beautiful thing because even in the midst of all of this struggle that I was having with anxiety, the job that I had, um, I was, a supervisor in a call center for a a government assistance program. And so most of the people that we dealt with during the day, the clients were struggling. They were all struggling. Um, Mm -hmm. There were days when I would have people to call and, and they would be at their wits end. And, you know, I would have the opportunity to speak life and hope and encouragement to them. Um, And it flowed and it was wonderful and it was beautiful. Um, I had a, a girl starting her first day of work and she walked in the front door 15 minutes late. Um, and I was at the front door, you know, because we had to do COVID screens. Um, and she was in tears and she said, I'm so sorry. It's my first day. I'm late. I'm just having so much anxiety. I can't, um, I, I, I just couldn't come in. I was able to talk to her and encourage her and even pray with her and send her off to her job. And so, and that was in the middle of my own struggles. That gave me hope that, okay, God is obviously with me because he's, you know, he's still using me in the middle of all of this. And so I got a promotion, the struggles in my marriage. Um, you know, all about that. (laughs) We've gone through some really, really difficult times. Um, but God has been so faithful, even in that area to give me the grace and to remember the journey that he's on and to keep progressing and to keep supporting and to keep encouraging and holding accountable the healing work that he has done. Even there has been 
just phenomenal. I, I can't say enough about the goodness of God. He's changed our life so drastically. And, and truly, it's been because we dug in and we didn't give up and we were willing to do whatever it takes um, and, and honestly surrender ourselves, not only to God, obviously, is the most important thing, um, but to each other and to be authentic and to be willing to say the hard things and do the hard things and keep pushing forward. It's been a crazy, amazing ride. Um, and I just want to say this too, in the, in the middle of all of these struggles and things that we have walked through, not ever one time did I feel like God was not with me. Mm. I 100% knew that he was with me. Um, he was my strength. He was my peace. He was my breath. Um, and, and, and still today. And so I just want to encourage in that area that I know sometimes it seems like the battles never end and they come one right after another, but God is there. He never leaves us. He never forsakes us. And um, literally every time that I, I get my mind right, because we can get into the flesh and we can start feeling our feels and having, you know, having our reactions. Um, but yeah. when we stop and we just take our hearts before God and say, look, you know, here we are, we need you. We can't do this. We will mess it all up. He will shift things on a dime. Yes. On a dime. That's right. And that's a beautiful thing. Beautiful thing. Yeah. I felt like in your life that I was like, just hearing your story each week and your progress, knowing that you were continuing to apply the content and it was like, Hey, you put a, give me a mountain, hand me a pickaxe, give me a wall, hand me a rope. (laughs) <laughs> I'm going to climb it. I'm going to climb over it. I'm going to climb up it. I don't know, but this, this isn't my end. This is, this is the beginning. And, you know, another, another aspect of your life, you're an incredible mama and your, your two sons, that was so uh, beautiful witnessing your communication where there had been a broken communication and a destructive style of relating and giving in in your in your life and through your upbringing and just ingredients added to the recipe of your life mm-hmm. witnessing your communication with your sons shifting and you relearning and being able to to reconnect with them with who mommy was evolving into Mm-hmm. So I, precious to watch yes. and yeah. I was telling I was telling my my 18 year old we were just having a conversation the other day. And, you know, I was telling him, you know, basically his dad and I split up when he was two. And so it was just me and him really until he was seven. When I had my second son, I was, I was a drug addict. I was a very, very, very broken person who really had no value for my own life, but I had value for his. And I tried to love him the best I could, but um, I was a broken person. And so I, the way I parented was very broken. I, I was the one throwing the chanclas and screaming and cussing. And, you know, that was the way that I was going to get things done. Um, and so for him to watch the process of my life over the last few years um, and just the transformation that God has done in my heart um, the way that I interact with them, just really just my life in general. I told him, I said, you know, we basically grew up together. 
yeah. because I, I wasn't a grown up, you know, I was, I was a, a very hurt child, um, in an adult body. And so he has watched me, um, grow up and, and come into my relationship with God and the transformation that it has done in my life. Um, and that's an amazing thing because that puts him, I hope 10 steps ahead of anyone else in this world. That's his age. That is about to launch into his own independent. He saw me make all the mistakes and he saw the way that it affected our lives. Um, and then he's seen the way that God has transformed that. And I'm hoping that that encourages him to walk a better path and destruction that I walked through in the majority of my adult life. Um, he doesn't have to do that because he's already witnessed it, you know, yeah. and witnessed the the good side as well. Mm, let's go. I love that. The next generation, right? I mean, right. you, you showing him and let, well, let's say this, let's go a step beyond that living this out in front of him because talk is cheap to when we begin to marry our actions with with what we say that's it's transformational right you know that changes everything your child is watching you go from who they knew you to be before and then here's your after and he's seeing you continue to to make the necessary changes because I know you and you just never stop wanting more, <laughs> which is yeah, incredible. It's a scary prospect because it's like, oh, how far can I go? But however far I can yeah. go is how far I'm going to go. <laughs> hey, you know what? Shatter that ceiling, friend. We're, we're just going to, we're just going to stay at it with our, with our soul care and God, we want all you have for us so we can, so we can give him all we are. I love that you're, I love that you're all in, you know, you mentioned that earlier and there's been that again, some tension there for you of being able to, okay, if I'm all in, I'm going to be present. I'm going to be present right here. And I don't have to set unrealistic expectations for myself and then feel like I'm a failure that you've been able to go through somewhat of a tempering process in that, Mm -hmm. in your life. And that's, that's allowed you to establish some beautiful new rhythms and, and just have that harmony and unity in your personal and professional life. So tell me three things that bring you absolute joy. That is a very good question. So my boys asked me this question. Well, they asked me the other day, what makes you happy? Mom, Mm -hmm. what makes you happy? And I said, honestly, the thing that makes me happier in the world to see you guys smile and to be genuinely happy. Mm -hmm. Um, And so when my children just in the moment laughing, and, and just experiencing that joy that my heart leaps, it truly does mm. um, because there's been so much heartbreak, you know, and it's yes. like, oh, God, yeah. it's so so hard. Yep. Mm-hmm. what makes me, I mean, sunsets, sunsets are like my thing. That's just a place to connect to God. That's your happy place. Sunsets. Oh, that's my, yes. That's my happy place because uh, you know, that it shows me the creative side of God. I imagine when I'm when I'm sitting there, cause I live on the lake. And so we can go down there and we can just watch the sunset over the water. And it's like great artist, you know, took his paintbrush and just painted this beautiful, all these beautiful shades. And so I, it's almost like seeing another aspect of God's character for me. Um, but seeing that artistic side of God, 
Um, and just appreciating that it's, it's wonderful. It makes, it's good for my soul. Yeah. Does it inspire you to create when you see those sunsets? It does. It, it really does. And I would love to learn how to paint and I have paints. I've bought paints and all the things, the brushes. And I keep saying, oh, I'm going to, one day I'm going to learn how to do this. And I haven't quite got there yet, but it, it is a, is passion. It is a passion. <laughs> one day I'm going to paint something. But then the, the third thing I think, when I think of just a moment when I'm just in pure joy is when I'm listening to a particular worship song that is speaking to my heart and you just feel that awesome, sweet presence of God just surround you like a hug, you know? Mm. Um, and I have felt that, especially during this season of this journey, um, you know, there were times when I would even just go to ladies Bible study or something at the church. And on the way home, you know, I was struggling, just struggling. Um, and I would turn on worship music and, and just the presence of God would just surround me. Um, and then it just literally felt like God was just reaching down and wrapping his arms around me and just saying, I'm here, I'm here. I've got you in the middle of this, you know, and joy, that's joy right there. Yeah, that's joy. I love that. And I, you know, the reason I, I love to ask others what brings them joy, because when it comes down to the truth, the scripture says that the joy of the Lord is our strength. Mm -hmm. Happiness is fleeting. And that joy is a power play over fear. Those moments in life that are just gnawing at us and clawing at us to, to choose a narrative that doesn't serve us and doesn't create the future that God has for us. And so I, I love knowing that your babies and sunsets, and I know your honey is mixed in those sunsets. So that goes, that's a given. <laughs> I, know, I know you're, I know you're a, a hopeless romantic too. Just circling back to the beginning of our conversation of the overwhelming and debilitating and crippling anxiety that had overtaken your life and that you said, I'm, I'm, I'm going to fight back and that you continuously drew your sword, but the worship that you discovered yeah, something essential, that's a non-negotiable. And for you, that is getting in the presence of God and saying, it is up to me to shift the environment in my life, in my soul, in my home, in my workplace, mm-hmm. that I have the power mm-hmm. God's put this power on the inside of me because of Jesus Christ, that this is what's possible. This is what's on the inside of me. And you make a choice to say, I am going to create a culture in my life, a culture of love, a culture of forgiveness, a culture of possibilities, of joy, of freedom and truth and peace. And you continue to go after that. Thank you for sharing your story today with us. It's been an absolute pleasure. I knew it would be to hear you talk and I, you're an amazing communicator and I so appreciate you sharing your testimony and the challenges that you have overcome to know the, the freedom that you are, are living in. And like you said earlier, it doesn't mean that, that our life is ever without challenges, but you know where to go and you know the tools to pull out those soul care tools 
uh, to redefine whatever's being thrown at you, whatever those curveballs curveballs may be. Mm-hmm. You've said, I know the battles. I know that the war is won and you just keep, you know, you keep saying yes. And so mm-hmm. thank you. Thank you for investing and in, in being with us and sharing your story with our listeners. And I love you. You're so um, precious. I love you so much. And thank you so much for being a part of my journey. I absolutely believe that God places divine appointments in our life to help us through whatever season it is that we're going through. Truly believe that our connection was a divine appointment. Um, And I'm so thankful for that. I truly am. I am too. Thank you so much. I'm so thankful. And I'm so glad that you said yes and came to that retreat. <laughs> When's the next one? I can't oh, I know. It's, you know what? It's, I'm glad you asked. It's in the works. So there's a little, there's a little uh, inside oh. scoop for our listeners. We're working on it. Yeah. yeah, we're working on that. So thank you again. And thank you to all of our listeners for tuning in to hear Don's story today. Until next time, friend. Cheers. Bye.